Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can keep more of what you make. Coming up later, Clark Stinks, where you get to share where you feel I have not delivered for you. Now, speaking of not delivering for you, what if you take your hard-earned money and buy a new vehicle and the thing's a piece of trash. Well, that's why, with the average cost of a vehicle today being somewhere 35000 or so, depending on whose stats you believe, that we have these state lemon laws. We don't have a federal lemon law, uh, per se, but each state has a lemon law that spells out what your rights are in the event you end up with a car that is terrible, in your opinion, that you want the manufacturer to buy it back. Now, these laws came about because of uh, really fact that automakers were not behaving responsibly when there was a major safety flaw with a vehicle. And that's principally what they were designed for and thought out to do, is that if you had a uh, serious safety problem with the two major systems of the vehicle, uh, steering and braking, or just a general safety hazard with the vehicle, the state lemon law allows you to petition for the automaker to buy the thing back from you. So I want you to know that if you do happen to take that money of yours, buy something that turns out to be terrible, and you want to have the manufacturer take it back from you you gotta jump through the hoops your state requires there may be um, written notices you have to give in fact that's how it works under most state lemon laws they're just uh, calling up and complaining or going to the dealer that does nothing for you in terms of getting satisfaction for the hassles you're having or the danger you're in allegedly or you feel because of what's going on with your vehicle so in order for you to preserve your rights if something comes up with your vehicle from the very first repair attempt most state laws will require a specific written notice that you should send by certified mail to the auto manufacturer telling them the problem you're having and the remedy you want These laws, though, do vary across the country, and some state laws are very weak at asserting your rights. Others, in fact, most, have just a set procedure what you have to do. The Center for Auto Safety, which is in many ways responsible for these lemon laws around the country, also has written a guide to lemon laws and given a rating to each of the states. I just wanted to tell you quickly who are the states that do the best job with protecting consumers in their lemon laws. By their data, there are six. New Jersey, Washington State, Rhode Island, Hawaii, Ohio, and New York. And so they set the standard in being uh, neutral in terms of protecting your interests. Some other states make it more difficult 
make it harder for you to prove that your vehicle is, in fact, not okay. Many state laws allow you to petition for a buyback even when it's not a safety issue, just a reliability issue with the vehicle. But time is your enemy. The miles on the odometer and how quickly you start the process of documenting with these letters what's going on with your vehicle. If you just talk to people, just talk to them, just talk to the service people at your dealership, you are letting time slip away and forfeiting your rights. The way it ultimately works in most cases is that you will be charged a certain amount per mile for the miles you actually operated the vehicle under formulas that vary by state. And then the net of that is the refund that you are given by the manufacturer if you are successful with your petition for a buyback. If you document properly, which is the big if, overwhelmingly you will succeed with good proof in this buyback. If you want to know more about it, Go to uh, autosafety.org for more information on doing a proper petition for a Lemon Law buyback. And this only applies to new vehicles. Use vehicles, whatever ugliness with them, the second you buy, before you even drive off, it is your problem. Jacqueline joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jacqueline. Hi, Howard. I'm Clark. <laughs> I was almost missed call you Mr. Howard. Oh, no. No Mr. Howard here. I know. That's a big no-no on your show. Yes, it is. What's happening? Hi. Okay, so I have listened and learned a lot of things from your podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I'm Thank pretty you. financial savvy. Still, I learned quite a bit of information. My question is um, credit karma. So I have a few credit cards that offers the credit scores. So do I really need credit karma if I do? What are the added bonuses or advantages? Yeah, that is a great question. Now that so many credit cards give you your actual FICO score that they subscribe to, uh, it's like, well, yeah, so do I get any real benefit from continuing with credit karma? And I guess the answer to that will be a decision you'll need to make. Because with Credit Karma, in addition to getting their version of your credit score, I just pulled up mine, just updated for me right now. In addition to Mm -hmm. seeing those, they offer um, free identity theft monitoring, and they offer the score simulator, which is what's really valuable for a lot of people, in that it lets you know what changes in your behavior will lead to a higher or lower score for you. And then there's another reason, though, that I really like. They have a new system where for many participating banks, you can find out without a hit to your credit report, no hard inquiry, whether or not you were going to be approved for a particular card. So you don't, the worst thing you can have happen, well, not the worst, but it's pretty awful, uh-huh. is to apply for a credit card be turned down for it, and you still suffer the loss and points on your credit report and score because you applied for the card. So with Credit Karma now, for uh, many cooperating issuers, 
you'll see this. It'll tell you if you are likely to be approved for that card. They won't say 100%, but it's a scale from one to five squares. And if it's five squares, you can pretty much with certainty know that it would then be safe to apply for that card. And that's such a valuable tool that I would say that would be a reason that it would be worth it to continue to have Credit Karma. I see. Okay. I just I was just looking at the score. They are exactly the same as one of my credit cards that showed me. Really? Because uh, usually I'll yes. hear from people that the Credit Karma score will be somewhere um, as much as 25 points different from what they'll see with an actual FICO score, higher or lower than the FICO they'll see on a credit card statement. Yours being identical is Mm -hmm. uh, likely unusual, but the idea is you get the direction and you see I'm doing well, I'm not doing well. Um, I see right now that my credit score based on uh, both the TransUnion and Equifax reports both went up four points since Mm -hmm. the last time I looked. And so you get that true sense of direction that your credit is getting better, getting worse, and I find that infinitely valuable for me, and that's why I continue to use it. Bailey's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Bailey. Hi, Clark. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Good. You have a question for me that um, I'm going to do the best to answer because whenever I answer this question, there are people who think I'm just way too unsentimental when I answer it. (laughs) Okay. So hit me with it. So I'm in the market for an upgrade on my wedding ring, and my husband and I want to get the best value for our money. Um, So I'm seeing a lot of moissanite advertised at a great price, and I was wondering how you felt about that as an alternative or use engagement rings. Okay, so if you are fine with a used diamond, then you potentially can find a real deal and many times, even at something like a pawn shop, you would want to okay. have a graduate gemologist check it out. But diamonds, once the initial buyer has bought them, the value in the used marketplace is a tiny fraction of what they are at retail. And you mentioned okay. the moissanite, which is a simulation of a diamond, but I wanted to mention something else to you. Mm-hmm. That... Actual lab-produced diamonds that are identical chemically to one dug out of the ground are becoming a bigger and bigger part of the diamond business, and the costs are uh, potentially significantly lower. So um, the people who are the largest uh, player in the diamond business, De Beers, you know, you probably have seen the De Beers ads from time yep. to time. They now have a side business selling, instead of dug out of the ground true diamonds, lab-grown true diamonds, and they're selling them that are um, they're apparently essentially perfect diamonds for $800 for a carat. Wow. And there are going to be many, many sellers of these over the next, uh, we'll see many more probably before 2019 is out, where okay. uh, there are a lot of labs now popping up in where does everything low cost come from now in Asia mm-hmm. that are uh, doing true, perfect 
diamonds, you know, perfect, chemically identical diamonds grown in a lab. And you can read more about this online, but I would say that being able to get one that's chemically identical would be preferable to buying one that's an alternate substance. Right. I agree. Okay. Thank you so much. So was I too unromantic? No, I like it. I, I was mostly worried about the reputability of the secondhand diamond, but you don't seem too concerned. Well, that's why you got to hire a graduate gemologist. Are you yeah, familiar with okay. that term? Yeah, I've heard of it, but I'm not sure how I would go about getting in contact with one. All right. So uh, graduate gemologists, if you look online and do a search for that, you will be able to find people that are graduate gemologists in your area by your zip code. Okay. And then you want an independent, you can call and you hire him or her, and they charge you to a per diamond fee that they would evaluate for you. And they will map it. You'll know the exact quality of the diamond, what flaws are in it. And it's not really about coming up with a value approximation. It's really more about mapping that stone and letting you know thoroughly how good the quality of it is. Okay. And a true carat rate weight reading. So it's like you're taking your own diamond expert with you when you go to buy a diamond at a pawn shop or wherever you might find a quote-unquote used diamond. It's time for Ask Clark. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com slash ask. Maybe on the air with me, or you could have Joel asking your question for you. Who you got, Joel? Clark, I got one from Myron, and he says, I have Google Fi, but I'd like to take advantage of Sprint's free year of service offer. And since Google Fi uses the Sprint network, Sprint won't extend the deal to me. Are there any clever workarounds that you know of? Well, I don't know that it's clever and it's a hassle of a workaround, but what you could do Gosh, this isn't going to be worth it for most people. You could get a new phone number with Sprint, and then you would qualify for the one year of free service. But the hassle factor of not having your number anymore would be a lot. You could, if you really, really were determined to do this and wanted to preserve your number, you could port your number to a prepaid service where you pay by the minute and then call forward from that number to the number you'd have with Sprint for a year. If anybody has another idea that would get around the block on you getting the free year, please let us know. All right, Michael says, I'm looking at a specific antenna that has some lofty claims. It's on sale right now for a $36 one-time charge. Do you think it's worth trying to do this and dump my TV provider at $150 per month? Apples and, I don't know, shrimp? This is not even apples and oranges. This is totally different. So those wild claims with this particular antenna are just how you're going to have massive amounts of TV for free, blah, blah, blah. All right, all they're doing is selling you an antenna, uh, what I used to call a digital antenna, but... It just pulls in uh, digital TV signals. And you will actually, for channels that you get a solid picture, you will have a much better picture than you have right now from satellite, cable, anything like that. Because it won't at any point in the process have been compressed. 
And in addition, there are a lot of local channels available to you that you don't even know are out there. So you can go buy one of these antennas. Uh, Walmart's the biggest seller of antennas. Sam's Club sells these antennas. Uh, on Amazon, you can find them wherever. And the antennas started about $10. It all depends on how strong a signal you need, how fancy an antenna you get. And you can go to antennaweb.org and see the signal uh, that you will be able to pick up based on your address. It will also tell you how strong an antenna you need to buy or if you need one that goes in your attic instead of one that just goes behind your TV. But you won't get everything at all like you do with pay TV. You'll just get an incredible choice with local television. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. And I mean that. That's what we are about, about serving you each and every day. So it's really important to me that you find the information and advice that you get from me valuable, useful, actionable. So there are times that you'll hear something from me and it'll fall flat or won't feel right. Or even worse, you'll think I'm just wrong. And so that's why I need your feedback. And we have on Clark.com where you can go post when you feel I've missed the mark. And we call it Clark Stinks. So you go to Clark Stinks, you post your disappointment or anger with me, and then others can read what you've posted. They can agree, disagree, add to it. And they can even see, say, hey, no, there's something more you need to know about Clark that he's got to fix. I just talked about myself in third person. That was terrible. Anyway, so once a week what we do is producer Krista goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and shares, she says, don't say it, her favorites with you Krista's going to do this. Krista's going to share her favorites. She is. <laughs> I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, I'm curious about this one. I didn't hear this segment. I wasn't in the studio for it, but I have to go back and listen because it sounds like you stirred up some drama. While I'm no fan of Verizon, I felt Clark's characterization of Verizon charging for the use of the Remind app as harming children made him sound more like a journalist looking for a headline and fame than being informative and trying to induce change. I do not agree with the business practice of charging because they can they can for an app like Remind, GroupMe, or Class Dojo. Sensational journalism is not his style. It lumps him in with the other TV-style journalists. Please stay true to your roots and keep informing people of injustices without the over-dramatization, Jason. And hold on there before you respond. I think Clark is missing the mark when it comes to personal responsibility. The latest example is Verizon is hurting the children, said in an overly dramatic voice. Teachers give an assignment and the students either write it down or don't. If the students don't learn personal responsibility, they grow up to be useless adults. Same for student loans. You sign the papers, you owe the money. Poor choices do and should have consequences. I appreciate the good information. Advocating personal responsibility would be a good addition to your show, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. And who was our first poster's name? Jason. Jason. So Jason and Sarah, first, I was incensed, furious at Verizon, 
and uh, you talk about being overly dramatic. I was trying to be in that case because I was trying to stir up a hornet's nest so that Verizon would be embarrassed and change their mind, which they did. And I don't know how much uh, we had to do with it or other media reports about Verizon picking on poor school children. (laughs) And so Verizon was uh, being greedy. They were being piggy. And so it was ridiculous that text messaging, which we look at as being a free service because it actually rides on the back of the cellular network at no use of capacity or cost, was just a terrible thing on their part. And with the negative publicity, they backed down. All right. So the second thing on the issue of personal responsibility, I am huge on personal responsibility. And so you hear me so much talk about, in the second example given about student loans, I'm working so hard to get the message across that taking out a large number of student loans is a disaster and that I don't want people to do it. I don't want them to bury themselves for potentially decades financially of having to deal with the student loans. Um, On the thing about teachers using it as a way to communicate with students. So we're in an electronic world now, and it's a great way for teachers with large classrooms to be able to communicate both individually in a group mode with kids. And so I, I have no problem. In fact, I love the fact that the Remind app and other similar ones exist. Said with zero drama. You mean say something about Verizon right now? Hi, Clark. You made made me feel bad about sending my son to a private college where the average class size is between 10 and 20 students. The small class size is something that you don't get at some of the directional colleges where they're 100 plus in some classes. Now you're making me feel guilty for sending my child to such an expensive school. All the research I have seen does say that class size matters, but you saying throw that out the window to save, you're saying... Throw that out the window to save money. Aaron. Aaron, thank you. You know, this is one of the great conundrums of what's happened over the last 12 years is that in a lot of states, funding for state-supported schools has been cut back by state legislatures. And the result has been that class sizes have grown, particularly in freshman, sophomore core classes. And a lot of Students have a lot of trouble learning in an auditorium with 1,200 of their closest friends. And so if you're looking for the compromise, I wouldn't say directional college versus a private college. I would say potentially um, community college, where by their very structure from the ground up, classroom sizes remain relatively small and give the opportunity for more personal attention and extremely low cost. A while ago, this is about, this is kind of a Clark Deals stinks. A while ago, there was a great deal for Macy's with Tommy Hilfinger towels. I bought a bunch and was very happy until I washed them and over half of them ripped. I ordered them online and went to a Macy's store to return them. The manager took them back and gave me a full refund. He even said those towels get returned all the time for this exact same reason. Bill. So... That's uh, that's something that I would never personally do is buy a brand name towel. So I have to confess to you, the towels we use in our home 
I buy these, um, Costco sells these hotel multi-packs where they're designed for people who run their own Airbnbs or whatever, and you get six fantastic bath towels for, if I remember right, $19. The brand name, who knows? So uh, for me, anything where there's a licensing deal like the Tommy Hilfiger thing, that they're mostly a clothing seller, is that what they yeah. are? Yeah, so all these companies do all these brand extensions with the licensing, and they're just lending their name for money. And as the Clark Deals team, we never want to waste your time. And so we do curate the deals that we post. And this is a kind of circumstance where there's no way we could know that the towels would end up being such a problem. The great thing is Macy's gave you all your money back. And uh, as much as we can, we try to be very careful what we post. We never post deals from sites that seem sketchy or anything like that or online sellers that are sketchy. And I just feel like this time you got your money back, so all we did was waste your time, and I'm sorry about that. It is not cool to ask your dentist for more than one toothbrush they give you at your cleaning appointment. That's not being frugal, it's being greedy. Being frugal is using the dang one they gave you, even if it's not your favorite brand or color, Susan. Susan, I never said anything about that. Um, (laughs) That must be somebody else impersonating me. Or a comedian who does these routines about how ridiculously cheap I am. Because um, I, when the dentist offers me, it's the hygienist who's already, always offering me samples when I'm done. Say, no, 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 save them for people. Oh, I put really them in my guest them. room or take them for travel toothbrushes when I'm out of town. No, I never take any of that stuff. Okay. I have the greatest toothbrush. This is so off topic. But I have the greatest toothbrush I've ever had in my life that I got at Lidl that is a rechargeable electric toothbrush, and it was $19, and it's so much like that ultra-expensive brand they sell at you know at all the stores the, that is like $80. It's phenomenal. I mean, my teeth, I mean, look how great they look. <laughs> Can't you see that on your radio or your podcast? I don't think Clark stinks, but I do think he's incorrect whenever he tells people to avoid extended warranties on things like cell phones across the board the way he does. It's not that simple. Clark has enough money to pay cash for as many phones as he'd like. Many cell phones are very expensive. People handle them all day. My suggestion, if you can afford to pay to repair or replace your cell phone with cash, should something happen to it, then no, you do not need to spend more on a warranty. Just replace it. But if paying for a repair or replacement would create a financial hardship for you, then I feel it's worth it to pay for the warranty, so long as it's responsibly, reasonably priced, and covers what you will need it to cover. The washers and dryers, yep. Microwaves or small TVs, yep. Huge screen TVs, sure. Same for other expensive things. You'll get the idea. Extended warranties are not just a yes or no answer. It depends completely on the cost of an item and the owner's financial situation, Greg. Greg, thank you for that. I've been extremely disappointed in the dishonesty of the cell phone carriers and how they handle the sale of the extended warranties or service contracts or whatever on their cell phones, where you usually have a deductible and then they give you a crummy reconditioned phone 
reconditioned phones aren't by their nature crummy. It just seems that the feedback I get from people is the phones that are given as replacements when there's a problem are very low quality recons. As an alternative, and we have an item about this on Clark.com, there are a number of credit cards now that if you use them for the purchase of your cell phone or cell phone service, you get free coverage for your cell phone. And that seems like a much better deal because then you're not trying to figure out the cost benefit of buying a service plan on your cell phone. I don't think you stink, but I do think your recommendation on the Moto G6 stinks. I love the phone with the exception of there being an issue with the volume. The notification sounds, despite being set to max volume, are very quiet, and the phone's call volume and quality are quite poor. Dina. Thank you for that. This is the opposite of the prior post because the Moto G6 now is street pricing at about $179. You shop around for it. It's a 5.7-inch screen phone that works on all U.S. networks. It is um, the sweet spot for a budget phone, and but it is a budget phone, so not everything with it is going to be perfect. In fact, the camera on it is relatively mid-range to mediocre. I love Clark, but he is giving people dangerous advice. Drive your car until the wheels fall off, he said. No, drive your car until the day before the wheels <laughs> fall off. Beth. Very good advice. It is an expression to try to get people to think of keeping that baby on the road a lot longer. And uh, that's why I say that. So I'll say now, keep your car till the wheels fall off. Almost. Come on, Clark. You're always telling us that debit cards are bad. Then you recommend Gas Buddy. As I see it, there's this is nothing more than a debit card with a few perks. Do perks suddenly make a debit card good? And they're referring to Gas Buddy, the site and app. They have a yeah. debit card you can use right, to right, get right. rewards. Yeah. So we've had that call several times on the air. I think this could be our second case of mistaken identity of the day because I have talked in the past about why it's a legitimate product, but you're actually much better off when you're looking to save money at the gas pump, to get a credit card that gives you a great rebate on the purchase of gasoline. And the one I recommend for Sam's Club members, far and away, is the Sam's Club MasterCard that gives you 5% cash back on every gallon of gas up to pretty much a zillion gallons purchased to try to keep fleets from using it. But that way you're getting much lower of a price than you would with the Gas Buddy app, and then you're not using a debit card. The alternative Costco members can get 4% cash back using the Costco card for gasoline. I appreciate all your posts. Please let me know where you feel I've missed it or messed up. Go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, and please let me know how I can serve you better. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget 
giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Isaac is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Isaac. Hey, how you doing today, Clark? Great. Thank you, Isaac. understand you have some alarm system dilemmas to bring to me. I, I do. Uh, and actually, the more I think about this, I kind of would like to do it for my business and for my home. But we have two current alarm systems. We own them. We're not under contract. But uh, I feel like our monitoring fees are quite expensive uh, comparatively. And I'm just kind of looking for options to see if there's just an independent monitoring service we could look at. Yeah, and it's absolutely shocking how cheap alarm monitoring is now uh, if you shop around and the the industry is in turmoil and a lot of alarm companies are selling out to others and all that because the industry is under so much change because of all the very sophisticated self-install alarm systems that people can buy today that a lot of the capabilities outrun the alarm systems that have been sold by traditional security companies. And so the industry doesn't quite know how to react, but the cost of monitoring, if you go shop online, you'll see a lot of monitoring services available at around 10 to $12 a month. What are you, you paying right now? Oh, you'd be sick if you if I tell you, but it would uh, probably one of them is thirty to thirty five, it's over thirty, maybe thirty five dollars a month, and then another one's twenty six dollars a month. Yeah, those are uh, both on the high side uh, with how the industry's changed, and right. so the actual real cost for a company monitoring you is just a couple of dollars a month typically, and so they're they're offering something that at 10 or so that they should be able to make a a nice profit and still properly monitor you. The one thing I would tell you with anybody you find online who's like 10, 12 bucks a month right in that range, you want to make sure that uh, they are a a UL-approved monitoring station. The people who make sure that electrical appliances are safe going into your wall they also have a standard for burglar alarm monitoring. And so if it is a UL-approved monitoring station, you can be confident and comfortable that they're going to do a good job for you. Okay. And okay. if you decide to do cellular monitoring, uh, yeah. expect to pay 15 to 17 a month for it if you shop around. Sounds good. So the UL approval is the big thing to look for. Yeah, that's what I like. And some of these are going to be massive call centers and others will be small more family run and whichever you feel comfortable with is fine with me good deal i appreciate your help all right best to you and i hope you find one of those good deals you're listening to the clark howard show thanks for joining us today the clark howard show is produced by kim drobes joel larsgaard deborah reese and jim ayers and remember 24 hours a day we're there to serve you at clark.com and clarkdeals.com 